in this discussion, we've raised some interesting queries, haven't we? What affects the change of direction of that light? What are the factors that can affect it? What's more likely to affect it? And what are our what are the recipients of the ultimate image? How are they affected by the interchange of the prism? What do they ultimately see? And how do they question the image that they get? Do they question the image that they get? And how do they determine how to trust the why? So even though you want to hear the why, what we're proposing is, is, is that we have no direct relationship with our leaders. Which is a problem, isn't it? Yeah. And again, it goes back to the original conversation, which is, where are our leaders? Where are our leaders today that allow us to have a conversation? Welcome to Peter and Phil's Courageous Conversations, a podcast addressing race relations and social issues in hopes that you'll be inspired to do the same. Now, let's begin our conversation with your hosts, Dr. Peter Weinstein and Dr. Philip Nelson. Dr. Nelson, welcome. Dr. Weinstein. Good to see you again, my friend. Happy New Year to you, sir. Happy New Year to you as well. The the calendar has flipped. The dates uh, have changed, but the world is still the same. And uh, that will give us plenty to talk about. Well, you know, just because the calendar has flipped and just because we changed the, a digit in, in, in our historical census doesn't mean that the world is going to stop and start all over. We, we were in transition and we still are. How was your break? My break was, was not broken. You know, did some work, did some cleanup, had some downtime. I should try to disconnect, but I can't. So my break was my break. Yeah, well, the older we get, the more we realize that disconnection is, is more of a reprieve, you know, so that we can get some rest. But I hope your family's well. And I hope our listeners enjoyed our vacation. I want to take this opportunity to start by recognizing the support of Nationwide and the support that they're giving us to have this broadcast. And it's good to see you. And I'm, I wish everybody a great 2024. And uh, also thanks to Nicole for helping keep our conversations courageous, keeping us on task and helping us share content with you. Because these courageous conversations can go all sorts of different directions when we get going on them. And, and it's nice to have a producer who helps to try to keep us between what little lane lines we actually have. And I know you were a swimmer and I had a daughter who was a swimmer. I know what, it's, what you felt like swimming in lane lines and looking at the black line. I think we're doing an ocean water swim. where We, just <laughs> have to walk, we swim out into the middle of the ocean and we try to figure out how to work our way back. Having said all that. We're facing a lot, a lot of issues this year. This year is going to end as with a national election. How do you feel about that? Well, you know, I think I want to just talk about leadership before we talk about the election, because I think we were talking before we got started about some leadership issues in just in business and, and whether that business is a university, whether that business is a corporation. 
or whether that business is a governmental entity, I think foundational to success in a university, foundational to success in a business and foundational to success in a government is strong leadership. And I think what I'm feeling, and this has nothing to do with anything specific, what I'm feeling is that I have lost trust and faith and belief in many of our global leaders. And I think that is very disconcerting. It's, it's very, it, it creates a tremendous level of uncertainty because I look to leaders, whether they're again, university-based, whether they are business-based or whether they're governmental, I look to leaders to help us get to where we're going. And right now I really have tremendous discomfort and, and um, lack of faith in many, many leaders at all different levels. And, and you expressed some of that yourself in, in some experiences that you've been having. Yeah, I could agree with you more. Um, I think, that, however, to be a good follower, I think it's important to to view the the prism from a leadership from a leader's perspective in order to provide the grace that human beings should be uh, considered with um, uh, when they are in those positions. We have gotten so um, uh, venal uh, uh, that we, that I, sometimes I believe that first we villainize our leaders when they disappoint us. And secondly, we, uh, 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 we, we uh, hold them rigidly accountable for things that they have nothing to, to do with. Um, I was, I, I, I was returning from a trip a couple of weeks ago and I uh, uh, took a lift uh, uh, home from the airport and the driver was complaining about uh, inflation. Uh, the driver was uh, in general, uh, I believe he was complaining about particular prices in certain prices in particular. He was complaining about his fellow drivers who were who would only take certain rides when they came across the app because they weren't paying enough. But he had a hybrid car, so uh, it was more profitable for him to take just about anything that came across the app. But he didn't understand why prices were going up. He didn't understand why Lyft was taking so much of their fares for corporate needs and what have you. And then he blamed the government for this. And of course, when you blame the, the government, you name the government by the president, by the, you know, the president's name. And he under, and he said, I don't understand why prices keep keep going up. And I and my response was, you don't. And I said, so you don't want a raise next year? You don't want to be making more money next year? He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, everybody wants more money 
in, for next year's budget. Everybody, every worker that I know wants a raise next year. If they're producing a product, I don't know where that money is going to come from unless the product increases in price at some point in order to provide that raise. You're either going to sell more product and make less profit because you're, you're going to absorb the raise or you're going to pay the raise by raising the price. I don't understand why that is the president's problem. I don't understand how the president caused that problem. We are as much a part of that as the Fed is. And, and the president doesn't even have any control there on purpose. Most economists will tell you that is a ticket to disaster. Well, what you're noting is the fact that everybody is frequently looking for somebody to blame. And I think it was Harry Truman who had the buck stops here on his desk, which means he was essentially taking responsibility for whatever was going on, good yeah. or bad. Now, you've sat in that leadership chair for many years at Western. I sat in leadership chairs for many years with SCVMA, CVMA, Vet Partners, et cetera. And um, the crown is heavy for those people in those chairs. And I don't know about you, but I took a lot of things that had nothing to do with me very personally when they didn't go right. And, um, but on the same token, with the mindset of being positive and looking for solutions and trying to make everybody happy, that's what leaders do. And so, yeah, you're going to have a Lyft driver who doesn't understand and is looking for somebody to blame, but it would require leadership within Lyft in, in, in this example to help them ex understand the economics that, you know, Reagan called them trickle-down economics, I believe, but the economics about how every butterfly beat, wing beat, has an impact on even the lowest person in the food chain. And that's what leaders do, is they help to explain to everybody what's going on. Um, I still go back to the original premise that we have challenges with leadership right now. At so all of you, you, you bring up uh, several uh, uh, basic points. And, and I think, you know, we should try to embellish each of them uh, in order to understand how we can we can uh, derive an accurate picture of what's going on. Uh, probably the most important thing that you mentioned um, or referred to was the importance of communication as a leader, uh, the importance of education as a leader, the importance of explanation of decisions that may affect the understanding of a situation and how the if those parameters are ignored by leaders then they are doomed to failure or at a minimum being misrepresented or misunderstood or blamed but there's a counter responsibility by the followers by the employees by the citizens de depending on which which group we're going to talk about here, whether it whether it be a faculty, whether it be a membership organization, 
or whether it be members of a democracy or even members of a totalitarian country, those individuals must understand, must attempt, should attempt to understand the goals of the institutions they belong to and try to honestly analyze whether or not certain policies and procedures are in their best interests or not, rather than buying hook, line, and sinker some visage of somebody else's opinion of that. And I think I am as disappointed in the leaders as I am in the followers. I just think that it's it's critical we understand that there is a balance there, but I do put the onus on the leaders to at least put that message out first, right? The expectations are for the leaders to lead, to communicate, to educate, to collaborate, to commiserate, and to cooperate. Boy, that was a boy. That was really good, Peter. That was, I, I, that was I, I could almost be a rabbi after that. Did you write that down, or did you? Can, can I borrow that sometime? You'll have to listen to the recording because that was completely. <laughs> pulled from some sort of bodily orifice. But it's really, I think, the change that we have to deal with in the current era, <laughs> the TikTok era, is we need to go beyond just the what, but to the why. It has always been, in, in many cases, leaders' messaging was, this is what we're going to do because I said so. But the expectations now with the knowledge, the information, I can't really always call it knowledge, the information that is out there forces people to ask why. And I think it's really paramount for good leaders to explain the why behind the what, because it, it really provides the foundation to explain things. And I want to push back just a little and tell you that I don't get the sense that all this information that we have access to actually urges us to ask the why. My sense is, is that this information either overwhelms us and many of us seek simplistic ways of winnowing out the static and we end up coming up with directed messages that explains the why with, without our questioning the validity of the explanation. And that is our danger. That is the danger that we are undergoing. You know, you mentioned the buck stops here. That image was image that I think we all take for granted and it was, and it's a philosophical image. It is an image that says, if we're going to fix it, then I'll, I'm willing, as the leader, as president of the United States, I'm willing to shoulder the responsibility of guiding the nation through the process of addressing the issue. Not that the issue was caused by me or, or is even within my authority to change. You know, when Roosevelt was preparing for the post-World War era, actually, when he's preparing for war, he had to take an isolationist country and explain to them why 
we should be involved in Europe. And he did it through fireside chats. Now, he did it at the same time pushing very unpopular programs because they were not in alignment with the isolationist movement of the country. It was just the opposite. But by the end of the war, he had changed the mood of the country, the tenor of the country, or maybe he didn't make the change. He prepared the country for that change when Pearl Harbor happened. They were already being nudged because he was of those com- of the communication the style that he had getting us through the depression you know and getting us through economic travesties that that helped us swallow those programs that were not necessarily popular and when i say us i'm using the royal us cuz i'm not that old i did not sit in front of one radio listening to roosevelt uh, do a fireside chat as a matter of fact, if I had been that old, I don't think my family owned the radio at that time. Well, thank you for clarifying that, because I wasn't sure whether you were that old and happened to listen to it or whether they passed this information to you on stone tablets that had been chiseled. So, <laughs> well, but, that that brings in the other issue, and that is understanding our role and our history in terms of effective leadership. What you said about Roosevelt goes back to what you said very early on in the discussion of leadership. Roosevelt's strength during challenging times was communication. And that's where I think a lot of what we see now is, to quote Cool Hand Luke, what we have here is failure to communicate. (laughs) And it's true. I think we don't see sufficient communication from corporate leaders, CEOs from corporations, I don't think we have sufficient communication from our local political representatives, our statewide and our national representation. I think we are dependent upon third party information as communicating. And so when it comes down to understanding what and why, it's a lot easier just to accept it than to ask the difficult question that is, hey, Phil, can you explain that to me in a little bit better detail? Because I'd like to have a better understanding of it. And and we need, we don't ask the difficult question. Great followers have great leaders who can answer those difficult questions and aren't afraid of the tough questions. Great leaders are great communicators. And I think that's part of what we're missing right now. And I don't mean written communication. I don't mean tweets. And I don't mean some sort of YouTube video. I mean, just sitting down at a fireside chat like you and I are doing across the hedgerow and having a conversation. We don't have courageous leaders having courageous conversations. I'm trying to avoid a rigid accountability of some of, of our leaders in, uh, uh, when I'm not quite sure that there is a format for that yet, that I, I think it has to be all of that, all of the above. I think it has to be written and and visual and the, the equivalent of the fireside chat. The only time our leaders do that is when they're running for office. Yeah, but they, they're always running for office because, because of the way our constitution is, is set up now. 
Right. But so why, if they're running for office all the time, aren't we having more informal fireside chats on the multitude of news networks that we currently have out there? Well, I, I, I don't know about you, Peter, but if, if I were, again, early in our conversation, I also mentioned the prism of leadership. Right. Right. If I was looking, if I was in the chair right now, having to deal with two potential conflagrations across the globe that could potentially lead us into world war, a world war, and, and at the same time, trying to um, navigate the mood of the country through the culture wars that are being waged by part of our country, as well as trying to rebound from a pandemic, I'm not sure I would know how to have those chats while I'm still trying to control, not control, influence autocratic leaders at, of other countries through the machinery of the country. You know, um, uh, I hear what you, I, I hear your frustration. I share in it. But I'm not so sure I need to hear as much from the president as I need to hear the president's message. I think I can get that, hear that message from appointees as well as I can hear who have his back. But we're not hearing it from his appointees either. The minions aren't, we're not hearing anything from anybody. I, 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 I said, I understand. I hear your, your, your frustration. So the prism of leadership, the prism of the presidency, what do you, what, what's your definition? What is your explanation? What you use the terminology a couple of different times. I would love to see what your, your explanation, tell me the what and the why of the prism of leadership or the prism of the presidency. I'm not sure I understand what you're asking. If you said to me, Peter, tell, talk to me about the prism of the presidency or the prism of leadership. I'm telling, I'm asking you, Phil, talk to me about the prism of leadership or the prism of the presidency. What is, yeah. what does that so, mean to you? Again, let's imagine that, um, that all the issues that I just identified and more, health insurance, abortion, um, healthcare, um, uh, voters' rights, uh, culture wars. Let's imagine that all of those issues are laying out for review and suggestions on how we should address them. And let's imagine that the, the president or our leaders are on one side of a prism looking through the prism with the goal of trying to move the needle in each of those areas. And then let's imagine that the citizenry or the employees or, who, or, 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 or the people who are following these leaders are, on, are at a different angle looking through the prism, expecting to get a message out, expecting to receive a message on those same things. Two things that can happen. It's not an either or a situation here. The leaders, the president, corporate America, 
can get so engulfed in moving the needle that they forget to communicate why they're doing what they're doing. And let's imagine that there are other leaders who are not so engaged in moving the needle. They're just engaged, as you suggested, in, in running for office or in staying in office. And solving these issues may or may not be in their best interest. But characterizing the leaders' efforts, characterizing other leaders' efforts is more aligned with self-advancement. That is where they focus. If I'm sitting here waiting for a message and the message that comes through is from the people who are only concerned about self-advancement, then you've obfuscated the message from the real leaders. And there's a difference between whether the leaders are sending out a faint message or no message at all, and whether or not there is product as a result of the work of our real leaders. Because of, of the work of the Fed and because of the, in, the amount of... Um, money we're about to spend from this infrastructure bill, I expect life is going to continue to improve. But only recently have we seen the American public respond positively to the arrest of inflation. You know, just two months ago, you were very angry about the price of gas. You had just filled up your tank. I'm still angry. Okay. And how much are you paying for it now? H has your gas bill dropped? Yes but it's still higher than other parts of the country. Oh, yeah. Well, it has always been higher than other parts. And is that the president's fault or your governor's fault? Well, it's my governor's fault, but it's interesting that you use the term prism because a prism tends to have light hit it and then it changes that light, bends the light, and it comes out in all sorts of different colors, doesn't it? Yes. Maybe we need a window. Mm. So what comes in comes out looks exactly the same because you you mentioned it earlier that the leaders use their minions to bring their message forward or should or or, yeah. or could yes but is the message being bent like the light because it's going through a prism and which I, which do we want do we want it, the do we want the straight messaging or do we want the crooked messaging or the colors that come through because white light all of a sudden goes through a prism and comes out as a rainbow. Maybe that's well, what we want. Well, you know, I don't know if that's what we want. I think that's what we get. Okay. Okay. And I agree that maybe a window would be better, but I'm not necessarily suggesting that the minions change. The, I don't think they're the ones that change what we get, uh, uh, change the color of the light. I think there are people who have dedicated themselves to changing the color of the light. Oh, now we're getting back to the news and the people who are taking that information and going back and, and going to a conversation we've had multitude of times that basically is somebody translating somebody else's vision, taking that and, and it's, it's going through one prism and then through another prism before it finally gets to its final destination. Well, you know, even in a prism light, it's, it's kind of like the sun. A solar particle can can bounce for six years before it gets out. 
Well, this concept of the prism of the presidency is, is uh, or prism of leadership is, is very true in many ways because what is said and what is heard or what is seen aren't always the same thing. True. Where is the window and where is the prism and which is better? And, and the question. And and but but in this discussion, we've raised some interesting queries, haven't we? What affects the change of direction of that light? What are the factors that can affect it? What's more likely to affect it? And what are our what are the recipients of the ultimate image? How are they affected by the interchange of the prism? What do they ultimately see? And how do they question the image that they get do they question the image that they get and how do they determine how to trust the why so even though you want to hear the why what we're proposing is 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 that we have no direct relationship with our leaders which is a problem isn't it yeah and again it goes back to the original conversation which is where are our leaders where are our leaders today that allow us to have a conversation? Direct doesn't have to be you and I, but some way to have our leaders that to have a voice. And it could be local that goes and expands up. What's interesting, again, when the light comes through the prism, you have a choice. You can put on some dark glasses too, and it filters out a lot of the light as well. And I think a lot of the recipients of the messages that come through are wearing rose-colored glasses, for lack of a better cliche, or dark glasses, because some of the they want to filter out the things that they don't want to see. So there's a filter on top of a filter on top of a filter. And the end user is the one who ultimately determines what the message is, aren't they? So you may not want to admit this, but some people are really good at this, aren't they? Right? And some people have their message magnified by their minions. And I and no pun intended in using the word magnified. And yet others, I think the biggest mistake leaders can make is when they rely on objectivity of the listener, when they rely on the listener to actively or proactively seek the truth. Because it's been my experience that even when, even when that occurs, there is a pessimistic interpretation of the image that they ultimately get. So I wanna change this from the, the prism of leadership to the mirror of leadership. And the fact is that a mirror, there are all sorts of different mirrors, right? Go to a fun house and you will see different mirrors. I'm thinking that, and mirrors can magnify, or in your case, magnify things, and mirrors can make things smaller. We look through microscopes using mirrors to make things look bigger and telescopes using mirrors to make things look bigger. So I'm not so sure if we should be talking about the prism as much as the mirror. Oh, and by the way, mirrors can make things disappear or they can make things reappear. 
So we are really in an interesting world in terms of leadership, because I think we are using, from a leadership standpoint, many leaders are using mirrors to project the image that they want to project. Well, I, I'm not going to get in an argument about whether we are using prisms or mirrors. I understand. <laughs> I started with it with with the prism of leadership because I believe whether it, it's intended or not, um, I I believe that the messages that come through to the public or to the intended audience get skewed on along the way, deflected along the way, and I can have a funhouse of mirrors, yes, and purposefully I and purposefully transform them but I think that there's a natural reflection of of message distraction distortion that's the word of message that occurs for many different reasons and I'm, I'm sure somebody who studied leadership as um, a, a lot more than I have understands the the varied factors that can cause distortion of a message um, uh, or, or or distortion of the reception of a message. But I actually believe that cocooning is probably the number one reason why messages are either absent or distorted. And I think that in our representative democracy, the person who's cocooned the most is the president. Hold the thought on cocooning for another discussion. I want you to think of changing two letters in the word prism to reflect distortion and what it can lead to. I want to take the M off the word and put O-N at the end. Prion? No, no. After the S. <laughs> <laughs> well, that word is deathly to me. Uh, and and seems to be uh, immaterial to others. But I think it's a great way to kind of wrap up the discussion today because it just shows how some very small bending of things can end up with different appearances, can't they? Absolutely. And it just and it, and it, and it shows why everybody should be actively involved in interpreting in sending and interpreting messages. I'm just, promoting a little, I, I'm just asking for a little grace as well as active involvement in both receiving and interpreting those messages. But I can't deny that the ultimate success of a leader is largely based on their communication skill. Yes, absolutely. And, and I think, again, what we had talked, what we've talked about and what we'll wrap up with is the fact that we need better leaders, we need stronger leaders, we need better communicators, we need stronger communicators, and that the ultimate level of success at a university, at a corporation, and in a political situation is the right leaders at the right time in the right place who are great communicators and have a message that they are sharing that talks about what needs to be done and why it needs to be done. And a good communicator knows when they have communicated enough to at least generate interest for the audience 
to spend some time thinking about it themselves. And those so, are the courage. Those are the courageous conversations that we need to be having. Those are the fireside chats that we need to be having. So thank, thank you, Phil, for going off in this rabbit hole with me. I'm not sure we caught a rabbit, but we had fun down in the in the uh, warren of the rabbit looking for one. You're welcome, Peter. Thank you for indulging me. And join us next time when we go into a cocoon instead of a rabbit, <laughs> <laughs> instead of a rabbit warren. <laughs> thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nationwide. Thanks again to our leaders. And thank you, Dr. Nelson. Appreciate it. Thank you, Peter. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Thank you for joining us for another Courageous Conversation. Be sure to follow us and check back next week for more.